Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Their Clothing, Camper Kings UK and affiliation with Betmate. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 24 of season 21-22 of Across the Park podcast on YouTube and audio podcast as well. Thank you to all our new subscribers on both myself, Ian Mills and Gary Judge are the Evertonians. For anybody who's not seen or heard us before, we are going to have banter and debate with our friends from Across the Park, Gary Murray and Phil Roberts are the Reds this week. <clears throat> Excuse me, big thank you to our sponsors over at Fair Clothing fairclothing.com if you tap in ATP20 after you've spent your life savings on the amazing range of clothes you'll get 20% off which we hope helps and Camper Kings UK as well camper, camper vans for any occasion whether it's a, a family whether it's a maybe even a cheeky stag do or a weekend's away with the boys get over to Camper Kings have a look at those camper vans and if you quote across the park podcast you will get free insurance and a bottle of bubbly as well uh, we'll start with the blues Judgy uh, plenty to cover on both sides we'll start with the blues me and you had a a podcast last week with the ESC from the 27 campaign. Everything at that point was still up in the air. It, it seems to have, for me, looking on Twitter and looking on social media and speaking to people, the mood seems a lot better, probably due to the fact that we had a really good deadline day yesterday. Two good players have came in, which I, I don't doubt are risks. They're not players who've really played at the very, very tops domestically for a long time. But we've brought in a young, ambitious manager who, who I think has, has eased the feeling amongst the fan base. How are you feeling? Yeah, optimistic, quietly optimistic because we, we've learned from good transfer windows in the past, as I'm sure the, the lads across the park will remind us very quickly and constantly. Um, but yeah, optimistic, like, like you said before, it was a tough few weeks, um, well, tough months to be honest, before Benitez left and then in the in the following week or two where there was uncertainty around who the manager was, there was all the, the you know scandal, if you will, of, you know, Pereira, you know, on Sky Sports and and the the, the pr- protesting against the board, etc. But like you said, it, I think it has calmed down. People are, you know, focusing on the right things again, which are the right noises coming out from the manager, the, the board doing what they should be doing in terms of putting the hands in in the pockets where needed. But and and we'll come on to this in a moment. Structuring some decent deals, regardless of yeah, what yeah. we think about the, um, you know, the. The impact, immediate impact of those players will be the sensible deals, the deals that are not going to break the bank, and the certainly deals that will protect us if things go wrong, which which hasn't mm. been the, the case in the past. Um, and, and like you say, a young, ambitious manager, again, a manager which, like the players, is a risk for the club. But as the board have pointed out, Tom Shady, it's just as much of a risk for him. Um, he took a big gamble coming to Everton because it's it's not an easy place to be right now. But again, back and getting back to my original point, it's a much better. Um, you know, complexion at the moment than it was a few weeks ago. It feels, feels a bit better for me. I, mean, I, I had to bounce a little bit going into the Aston Villa game when we had Duncan as, as the interim manager and that, that didn't quite work out. Then we had the the 27 campaign, which really put the put the pressure on the club, I think, and, and we won't get into that because we've had a long podcast, which is still available on YouTube and audio. The question I wanted to ask, really, and I want this to be positive, but I've also got to be realistic, Frank Lampard wasn't the name that we were talking about when, when Benitez left. It took a number of obstacles and things for it to get to Lampard. Is, is that going to be a problem short-term and long-term? Are we now expecting too much because of the pressure that probably our, our own fans have put on us? 
Um, it's a different pressure initially, and I've spoke to a few people about this. Um, the pressure in the in the here and now is to keep us in the Premier League, and not least because the first three fixtures he, he's got in the league <clears throat> are one very winnable, and two against teams that we was either like to suck in there or to yeah. kind of leave behind us in the shape of Newcastle and Southampton. Um, so it's a different type of pressure than than what managers coming in have had before, apart from maybe Sam Allardyce. Um, so I think if he gets over that initial hurdle, and it, it is a, a huge hurdle, but if he gets over those first few games, then you know the pressure changes, doesn't it? It's not, it's not. It, it, the, the pressure's released, the pressure changes. Then it's then about like, what have you got long term? You know, what have you got in your army? How are we going to play? How are you going to embed some of these young, these young players we brought in? Some of the young players in the backgrounds. You know, a lot of people will be, will be expecting because of his reputation at Derby and at Chelsea, that'll be bred in some of our academy players, that'll be getting the most out of Nathan Patterson, who's just come in, that, you know, we'll see more of, of Lewis Dobbin, that Anthony Gordon will go to another level again. So it then, you know, then comes a different pressure. The Deli Alley one is a different pressure again, because, you know, there's a player there, everyone knows that, but he hasn't shown that for quite some time. But, you know, as I say, it, it, it's, a, it's a massive job for him. It's a massive job for the club, but... I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. It's um, yeah, it's just a bit more exciting. It's a bit more I mean, annoying. We, we, yeah, I mean, we get lots of comments saying uh, from both sets of fans, but just to stick with Everton at the moment, we've had lots of comments on on the past few weeks, and and it, it's nice to know that people do seem to care what we say. I think now, unless this goes, I know Gary's going to put his fingers crossed here. Unless this goes instantly disastrously wrong, we've got to be patient, haven't we? Got to be patient. Yeah. I... <laughs> You have got to be patient, and I completely buy into that. But we've also got to deal with the here and now, which is a relegation fight until those three games are out the way. Now, if he wins all three of them, or even if he wins two of the three, it's probably fair to say we're, you know, because of the, the who the games are against, that we're almost going to be fine. Do you know what I mean? Um, but we are, you know, beyond that, we've got to be patient. I don't think we can afford to be patient with the games that we've got coming up. We've got to expect that that manager gets a bit of a bounce out of those players because let's be honest, any new manager normally does. So regardless, regardless of whether it's Lampard or anyone else, we should be expecting that manager to be able to pick points up. And if Judge, we're not expecting that manager to pick points up, then we shouldn't have appointed them, Bill. Just on that, can I just ask you about this? So Frank Lampard seems to have a philosophy and a style that he wants to play. Are you almost saying, forget about that for now? Like yeah. abandon that at the minute? Yeah, um, and therefore you would almost forgive him for what the football looks like if it's getting And yeah. any any fan would, and and I think Frank Frank Lampard will be pragma, pragmatic enough to say that himself. He's not going to be able to bed in all his ideas and his you know his philosophy straight away. I spoke to you, Phil, you know about the whole Duncan Ferguson thing, and you had somewhat of an insight into what it was maybe like on the training grounds under Ferguson, and maybe it was going from. You know, one polar opposite to the other too quickly. I don't think Lampard's that, and certainly Paul Clements, his first team coach, will know that that's not going to be feasible and it's not going to be effective for us to try and rip the book up and try and, you know, bring in a completely different style of footy straight away. He said it in his first, you know, his first interview that he knows that what we've got to do initially is get the fans on side and the players have got to go out and work hard on and off the ball. And, and you know, that's the minimum and we start from there. 
if he gets that right and he gets all these, these players working hard, which you know me and Millsy know more than anyone has been a difficult job for every manager, then I don't think we'll be far away from getting six to nine points from them next three games. And then the job's half done in terms of them be, having a chance and, and getting some patience up from the fans. Mm. I think the two new signings coming in, I mean, we'll get to that very quickly. I think it gives us a different way of playing. So should we get the points that we need in the next few games, I'd imagine that there'll come a time for the fans to be patient where we draw 1-1 at home against somebody or we get beat 1-0, but we're trying to blood youngsters. That's what I mean by that. Before we get on to Van Der Beek and Deli Ali, in the past 10 days, we've heard twice from the, from the owner, uh, Farhad Mashiri. He's, he's done a YouTube interview. He's done an email and, and, and a full statement in, in the club programme and club website. Is that refreshing to you to be able to hear, not, not so much of a plan, but we're hearing from him. And one thing he, he did say on the, the YouTube um, interview with Everton FC TV, he accused himself alongside of us of being impatient, which we've said on the show, haven't we, that he has been quite trigger-happy, rightly or wrongly. Is it refreshing to you to hear from him finally? Yes and no. But let's be honest, and this is the case with all owners across the globe, you don't really hear from owners, and you shouldn't have to learn from, hear from owners. The only time you should be hearing from them is when the pardon the pun, it, the, um, the obligatory hits the fan and, and, and there's no one else to turn to. So he's had to stand up. He wouldn't have wanted it this way. And I don't think we wanted it this way as fans, but at least he's shown a little bit of... Um, bit of steel. Yeah, and, and, and I think he's realised, look, I've got to stand up and be counted here because ultimately I'm the person who sanctions all these decisions. <laughs> I'm the person who's gone and spent 40 million on a woe because that's pretty public that he's... He said, I want that. I'm the person who wants it. James Rodriguez. I'm the person, you know what I mean? So he's made a lot of decisions that have that have had a negative impact on the club's short-term fortunes and the long-term future from a financial point of view. So he's well, had to go out and go on, guys. Just on that, we've got a message off uh, Terry Smith through Twitter and he said, um, definition of success and nil satisfaction is the optimum best approach to strategy. Has Mashiri turned the tide and will short-term stability take the pressure off him? We don't know, do we? I think to answer, finish answering Millsy's question first, but your that one from the listeners is very relevant as well. It was good to hear from him, um, and and it was refreshing to know that he, he's not just going to hide behind it. He, he'll try and have, you know, he'll try and stand up and be countered. He's gone a long way over the last few weeks to showing that he'll address things that the fans are concerned about. Um, but to answer the listeners' question, no, I, I don't think he's stemmed the tide yet. I think he's. I think he's appeased the fans in that, you know, we can see that they've tried to do something about it, that the board have responded, that there's been appointments that are being made in the background that are going to go some way to addressing the issues with the structure and the strategy. But there's a long way to go, I think, before, um, you know, the first part of his question had addressed as in, like, nothing but the best and, and all that type of stuff and addressing concerns about the strategy. We're a long way from that. Okay, I did want to ask you, Judgey, before we move on. Um, we've brought in Donny van der Beek. We've brought in Deli Ali. Uh, you've referenced there that you, that you think maybe in the interim pers- um, per- period, sorry, that we might not play the way Frank Lampard wants us to play. Once we get ideally to a situation where Lampard can blood these players in and play them, where do you see them fitting in? Because are they very ident- are very similar players, attack-minded central players? To, ru- to just run a question alongside that as well, another one off a listener, Darren, through Twitter again. He said, uh, could you give a score out of 10 for the Everton's business, this transfer window? What would you give it and why? 
Okay, so we'll start with Darren's question because it's it's probably leads us into the next question. Um, so including Nathan Patterson, Mikhalenko, El Ghazi, it's been a mixed window. I think you know the the first three signings were a bit strange in that you know one was intended to be a replacement for Luca Dean. You'd have to say that you'd have to give that a four at the moment because he's he's not ready to replace Luca Dean for one, and Luca Dean is a far better player than him now. Um, Nathan Patterson, probably a six, because he's a definitely a promising young player. There's been a lot of people who've come out from north of the border to say that how much he should go straight into the team. He's a very good player, this, that and the other. We haven't seen that yet, and he hasn't really been in the squad, so you can only really give that a six. And I'm going north of a five because of the fact that he's so young and he's so promising, potentially. Um, El Ghazi, again, I'd probably have to give it a four as well because it was a misfit signing. Benitez, it seems, didn't even want him. It was, a you know... Seems as though it was influenced by an agent. So again, as after we probably averages them first three signings out of the five, um, and then you know the the next two that have come in, which which kind of leads me on to to Millsy's question. Um, Deli Ali, I'd probably give a seven because of the fact that the way the deal was structured was a massive plus. Um, yeah, you know we if and, and the reason I say that is in this season even if he plays every single game we're not going to spend a penny in this season so even if he plays every game from now till the end of the season it's less than 20 therefore we're going into that summer having not spent a penny on him apart from his wages we then go into that summer knowing that we're going to be offloading for three or four players at least that are on decent money which probably pays for that 10 million as we go into the the next season if he performs poorly we probably look to offload him in the summer, or we or we certainly start to think about that proposition. So I think I get that a seven because if it goes very well, it's a it's a coup. Even if we end up paying twenty million for him, or you know, I'd say upwards of forty. Upwards of forty is is contingent on us winning trophies and qualifying for Europe. That is at one million miles away from that at the moment. But if we get there with Deli Ali, then you've got to say it. it's it's probably a nine in the end, isn't it? As a sign him. But for now, let's say it's a seven. Van der Beek probably in between a six and a seven. Don't we can't say hands on art that we that we know that he's suited to the Premier League yet. Um he, he still smells a little bit like a Davy Classen because he's a you know a similar stature in terms of his physique, plays in a similar position. Um the United fans obviously got behind him, but I think they got behind him because he was like, they, they were just getting behind the player who wasn't in the team, thinking that that could be a bit of a saviour for us. But, you know, there's two, there's a couple of managers now that haven't given him game time. There's probably something not right there, is there? So overall, I, I think I'd give it a six, um, you know, with the potential for it to be better. But there's a lot of unknowns in all them signings, including the first two um, and the second two. So prob- probably a six. Um, I'm pleased, so I'm better than a five. A five would be me just I've got no feeling about it. I'm probably more optimistic than I am, you know, dreading that those signings taking the pitch. Hmm. I'd go with that. I think it's hard to really answer the question honestly because will Thunderby will he will he make a big difference or will he struggle a game which he's he's already struggled in England? I don't know. Deli Ali has been out of form for for what north of eighteen months now. That has to be a risk. We've got two young fullbacks. Can you throw them into a cauldron if this season gets any worse? That, that's me looking at one aspect of it. And the other side is Van der Beek could just need this move. Delhi Ali could just need this move. There's a World Cup in, in, in the winter, which both players will have their eyes on. These two fullbacks could come into a team which will, will improve and improve and improve. I think it's hard. 
I, I do think it's hard to answer right now somewhere down at 100 G. Going back to your question though, Millsy, I, I think he's got to play it. A, probably a four-four-two, <laughs> or a four-two, you know, like a diamond, because Deli Ali, as we we've seen with Tottenham, can't really fit into a four-three-three unless he's the advanced of the three midfielders and he's got two holding midfielders behind him. Can't really play out. He can play off the flank, but he hasn't really got that devastating pace. Mm-hmm. The only way you could play him off the flank is if you had a really attacking fullback and he was like an inverted winger who who come in behind the striker. So he would have to be clever to think on how he. Puts Deli Ali into the team. I think Van der Beek probably fits in a little bit easier. Um, mm. Probably could play in a in a four three three as as one of the three midfielders as he's done with Man United. Um, he certainly could play in that diamonds probably anywhere in that diamonds apart from at the, the the base of it. So I think he's a little bit more flexible in the way you put him in. But to play both of them, it was after being a diamonds. I think, and you're probably talking like. Alan Zakore, Van der Beek and, and Ali, and then having Richarlison and, and Calvert Lewin as your pace and, and your outlets up there. Ali can also play the talent, can the one name that I was thinking there when you were talking about that. Where does he then fit? Because you've got Tamari Gray as well, haven't you? And and to yeah. be fair to Tamari Gray and Richarlison, they're two players that we have tended to rely on when, when we've been able to this season. Sorry, Phil. I was just th- I was just thinking Ali can also play up front. He doesn't have to play in the midfield. Didn't didn't he like wasn't he up there with like Kane at one point? He played off Kane a couple of times. Didn't yeah, he? It's, it's like in a four four one one. He'll play off Kane, but yeah, it's like <laughs> it, like like He was getting that there, and and it's a, it's a very fair point because these players have, have have still been very important to us. You know, where does Tamari Gray fit in? Where does Richarlison fit in? You know, if you're playing him in that type of system, the Tottenham plays him more successfully under Pochettino. He's playing behind Harry Kane. But then the issue for Deli Alley came when Sun started being such an influence. And then it was the only way he could play was behind them two. And I think that's probably if you're gonna ask him, and and, and it's always the that infamous number ten position or the attack and midfield position that a lot of players want to play, but they're very rarely afforded that chance. I mean, you have spoke about it with um with Oxley Chamberlain, with, with Curtis wanting to play there, but it's like the system needs to suit them, doesn't it? One thing I think about Ali going to use is we've heard about him like training and his attitude not being necessarily great, but he has got a bit of knock about him, hasn't he? And I think that bit of knock like can adhere him, adhere himself to the to the Everton fans a little bit if he starts putting a few challenges in, especially if you're in, in like a fight type of a game. Um I think he could be a good fit from that point of view. You're going to say what? something, Gary? I've seen Gary Smith. I, I was just laughing at that. That's the angle Phil's looking at it from. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. I think, look, to, to close it out for me, I think the, we're a lot more positive. Uh, the, the managers give me more hope um, and the new signings give me a lot more hope going into the season from two weeks ago. I was dead on my feet on this podcast. I, I was dead on my feet. I, I was just against the whole thing and I feel an awful lot better. I'm hoping the Blues are listening to, to as well. Me and Judge will be tag back in later to preview the games, but Phil, the Reds were quite busy. Um, I didn't expect it. Um, I'm not too sure whether you guys did in your Liverpool WhatsApp group. It, it From the outside, it all happens at once, but that's always the way with you, isn't it? It happens quite quick. Yeah, there's been links to um, Luis, but it, it was more for the for the summer. It looks like a summer transfer target, but then Tottenham have gone in for him. And it's triggered as... He, he did have a release cause for like 60-odd million, um, but Porto were in serious debt. Um, and I think they were looking at all kinds of restri- uh, you know, fines and being banned from the Champions League, all kinds. So we've took advantage of that. 
Um, I think we've paid them eight million immediately, like as soon as the medical was done, which they had to show to like FIFA or UEFA or someone to say they could clear the bills. What's that? I think the struggle, mate. I think they had like three hundred grand in in things that they needed to pay. I don't know what it was, but it might have been wages. It was like things that they had to pay and they couldn't afford it. So we solved that problem for them straight away. We've got them for 37 and a half mil, rising to 50. And the difference between Liverpool and Tottenham was that our add-ons looked more realistic, like goals in the Champions League, you know, certain type of achievements that you think Tottenham aren't going to win anything. So I think we've looked by far the more attractive deal. And it's nice to take a signing off their toes because they've done it to us many times. Um, but no, it looks like, I don't know loads about him. I haven't seen loads of his play. I did see him score a great goal against City. I did see him play well against Liverpool. I know he's had a great Copa America. I know the Portuguese league isn't amazing, but I think he's been involved in 50% of every goal Porto have scored. And he looks at, you know, look, he's 37 and a half million, so he is not like, he's not a Haaland, he's not an Mbappe. He's not necessarily the finished product. But he seems to have everything required for Liverpool and Klopp to be able to take him to that place, to a hundred million pound player. Um, the follow-up question there is, is: is if we're talking about a potentially one hundred million pound player who has a seventy million euro <clears throat> clause, because his previous club thought so highly of him, is he here for the bench? For for me, that's not a player who sits on a bench. And if not, where does that take you with your front three or front four at times? I mean, I don't know what you think, Gary, but look, there's, I, first of all, there's a bedding in with the clock side. If you're going to play as a left forward, there's a lot, big relationship with Robertson, you've got to understand, as well as the press and, and all that. So I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity. We flog Salah and Mane. We absolutely flog them to death. Um, so I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to come in. And then who knows what's going to happen in the summer? I think if the right money comes in for someone like Mane, then we could see him move on. But Liverpool definitely needed to start to think about life after Mane. Now, whether that's the end of this season or the end of next season, in the interim period, he's got, Diaz is going to get chances to play football. So that's all I will tell you, Gary. What do you think? Yeah, well, just just going back to you saying about the, the how we struck the deal and the you know the proposition of the money to Porto looks he's like more likely from Liverpool. I think a big part of it as well was that Diaz wanted Liverpool. It, it was you know Tottenham came in before us, and I think we sort of had a bit of an agreement in place that we were going to get him in the summer. But because Tottenham had come in, he didn't want to wait till the summer. He wanted to move to the Premier League now, and that that forced our hand. But the fact that that was that was the trigger for us. Diaz wanted us. And that's you know it's been that's been the case for Liverpool now for the last few seasons, since, majorly since Klopp come in. Um, players want to come here again and want and want to play for us, which is which is brilliant. Um, on the fitting in front, I think I, I'm not. I I think you'll you'll see a Firmino or a Mane leave soon, whether it be this summer, whether it be next January or next summer. I think you'll you'll start seeing one of them move on, um, if not both. You know, it depends on who we who we end up going for again in the summer. Or just talks of us, uh, like we're looking to be really active this summer. Um, so you know, who knows? That I don't think I don't think we'll want to let Salah go. If what by by all accounts, one of the main sticking points of Salah was the fact that he wants to see that there's going to be uh, backup strikers and backup first team players that are going to be getting. Um, sorry, 
backup players for the first team for when they're coming to the end of their careers. And you know, Salah wants to be in a team that's going to still be challenging for things when you when you do see the end of Mane, when you do see the end of Firmino. You know, Van Dyke's not getting any younger. You've got you've got a lot a lot of our players. Henderson's thirty odd now. You've got a lot of our players who are coming towards the end of their careers or towards the end of their Liverpool careers at least. So if that's a sticking point for Salah's contract, there's another that that could be another issue solved. Sign another young player. Um, you look at Jota. Jota was wearing a guaranteed starter when he signed for Liverpool, but he's played himself into the team with, with how good he's been. If Diaz can come in and have, have the same sort of effect as what uh, Jota's had, then you know it's on Mane then to win that place back. If, if Diaz gets a chance and it's the ground run and scores a couple of goals, make, makes a couple of assists, then Mane's got to come back and earn his place again. Yeah, it's all good stuff, isn't it, Gary? Because I think it'll I think it will push Mane on the type of personality that he's got, the attitude that he's got. But it's win-win, isn't it? Either Mane gets better or Diaz is better than Mane. And either way, that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And, and you know, one of the things we always talk about is how good City are in every position with two players in every position. You know, that, that's what we strive for. We want to be able to, you know, we, we've talked about it this this season, the last few podcasts, about wanting to go for trophies, go for the FA Cup, go for the, the Carabao Cup. We're still in the Champions League. We're still in the title race. You know, Signings like this let us let, let us um, fight on all fronts, and you know there's there's no reason why we can't put we, we can't put runs together in, in in every competition. If you talk about squad depth, if you compare our forwards to City's forwards, I don't even think it's close. I think ours is well better. Yeah, ours is well better, definitely. That even even before the Diaz signing, yeah, it is because yeah. you know they they haven't really replaced the, the players that have left in the past. You know, you think of. Uh, Lilo Sana, you think of Aguero, they haven't really replaced them. It's a different um, system, though, isn't it? Like it is know, a different system. But... Three, three. Wide. In wide areas, they play Foden, Mares, Sterling, Bernardo Silva. You can't yeah. say, and, and I know you're well, saying have an half 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 forwards, they're obviously not forwards, are they? But they don't play out and out forwards, they play in more of a fluid system. So it's, I think, it, it, you. Their argument and my argument would be if you compare their midfield and forwards with yours, it, it's much of a muchness in the end, isn't it? They want to play a forward though, because that's why they were going for Kane in the summer. Yeah, they want to play one forward, but they've, they've, you know, they've, they haven't even took the chance to bring Alvarez in now. They've said they don't want him until the end of the season. So it's like if they were desperate for that forward, as in now, and they didn't feel as though they were, they could be effective, then they would have done it, wouldn't they? No, don't get me wrong, they, they are very. No, they're not struggling. They're very effective. But I think, you know, you look at their front six players or whatever, um, talking about three subs and the three starters for the front three positions, I'd take ours. I think we're competing with them to that level where I'd actually take ours. Midfield and, and all that, another thing. But um, we're right up there. And Luis and Diaz just, you know, complements that even further. Just points I was going to make, points I was going to make about what the point you have both made, that you were kind of, your hand was forced into making this transfer. I think it's a really positive move that your hand was forced because, let's be honest, and, and I'm going to say this now, with bated breath, and, and I hope it doesn't come back and haunt me, City are more than likely won the league, haven't they? It would take a, a, a catastrophe for them to not win the league from here. The reason I make that point is that it's, it's also unlikely that you're going to fall out of the Champions League places because of the gap between Chelsea and fourth place. There's quite a big gap growing yeah. between certainly use and outside of the Champions League places. Therefore, the, finishing second and finishing third, if you finish quite a distance behind City, is there or thereabouts, isn't it? 
Therefore, that the, the, the five months that Luis Diaz has now got to bed in between now and the end of the season should mean that he's got a much better chance of hitting the ground running in the start the of next season. season. Whereas yeah. if he's got in the summer, you probably would have been talking <clears> the first four months of next season before you'd even started to see a fully firing player. Do you know what I mean? I, see, I still see what you're saying, but... We're only six points, you know, if we win our game in hand, it's only six points off City and we still got to play them. So it's not that far gone. We're still in it for four, four all four cup competitions we're still in. Um But in order in order to give yourself a better chance of doing that, though, you probably wouldn't play them, would you? You'd be playing your front three all the time. Yeah. So I think do you I know what I mean? That depends on how he how he settles in though, doesn't it? Yeah. If he comes in, if he comes in after after the international duty and, and you know is flying and training, gets a gets a game like early on before, like Salamane are back fully and he scores two goals, gets an assist and, and he starts starts like that. There's no saying that he doesn't play. I know, but and that's the point though, it's win win, isn't it? Because if he, yeah. if he doesn't yeah. and he's slow settling in, it's not the end like what I'm yeah, saying. Still got, you've still got our original front three. If you were neck and neck with City now, I think you'd be thinking, you know, do we really want to be breading him now? We'd rather go with what we know and whatever. Whereas if the gap stays as it is, you know, or whatever, and City don't absolutely collapse, then it's not going to hurt you a great deal if he comes in he's a little bit slow off the mark. Because what you're thinking is, the main thing now is, let's think about next season, let's think about firing on all fronts. And maybe, you know, let's... And, and the other thing's the Champions League. You obviously can't play in the Champions League. So it's like, you can't use them in that either. Is that definitely... I thought the Champions League thing had been scrapped. I think well, he can yeah. play. I think he can, you know, Judge. We'll have to Google that quickly. While... I'm sure the club tie thing got scrapped, you know. Did it? Yeah, either last season or the season before, I'm sure. Is it, it is. Is it, or is there an amnesty when you get to, like, the quarters or something like that? Where Possibly could... something like that, but I'm sure he can play. I bet you, Terry, this is the type of thing Terry would know the inside jokes of, wouldn't he? Yeah. Maybe. Um, but no, obviously... Well, I just, just on the on the, the city collapse that you're saying, I think you're over-egging how, how far behind we are here. Oh, yeah, I do. Man. Six, I it's six points if we win our game in hand. If we beat them, it's city. three. So, so, so how many games have City lost or how many points have they, or how many games have they lost so far? Two? Know, two, two, two or three? Two. Realistically, four games between now and the end of the season and used have to win every single game, including really. We've got to play them. We've got to play I know, them. Including them. She has yeah. to win every game, including beating them. Well, said like a true. Southampton have just got points off them. I just, I don't think it's a catastrophic collapse from City for us to no, catch I them. I, I don't. Think it is. I, I think it's, I, I think it's unrealistic. I don't it's think it's catastrophic. Season of both them and yous, I think it is because you're assuming that yous are going to go on and win pretty much every single game. And if you don't win every single game, it means they can afford to lose four or five games, which. By anyone's standards, if you've only lost two coming up to this point, that's a pretty catastrophic collapse, particularly the City team standards anyway. Fair enough. Well, Gary, Gary what's, the, what's the news on the red side of the park with the Carvalho from Fulham? I looked this morning and, and it said that you didn't get the paperwork done in time. Is that something that you'll probably re- revisit in the summer? What happened? I think so, yeah. I think I think they've been um, they've been following him for a while and they, they just... They were just going to make the move now because Fulham, I think at the end of the season, he's out of contract. So it's, it means going to a tribunal should he sign for an English club. Um, I think Liverpool were taking advantage of Fulham not wanting them to go abroad where they wouldn't get any money and try and get, get a deal done now where Fulham are guaranteed. I think they agreed on about £8 million or something like that. But then at the final hour, you've got, I think in the Premier League, you've got a, um, a declaration form of, of an intent. Sheet. 
yeah, a deal sheet where you've you can just put that in before the eleven o'clock deadline, and then you can get the deal done in the next couple of hours, which is I think what Everton's done with the Deli Ali deal. Um, yeah. Liverpool in the EFL, they don't have that, that such sheet, so <laughs> we had to get the, the full deal done before eleven o'clock, and it just we just didn't manage to do it in time, so that's why I fell through. Um, I think the fact that we were so, you know. Intent on getting it done at the end, of, like by the end of this window. I think you will see. Even it might not even be the end of the season. It might be in the coming days. There'll be some sort of agreement in place where um, it'll be like we, we've guaranteed. We'll agree on this amount of money so it doesn't go to a tribunal, and we'll just we, we'll sign them in July. Yeah, you can't you can't get the signature over the line, but you can do like a pre-contract type thing, can't you? So yeah. that'll be getting done. That definitely. And mm. I think you know if it did go to a tribunal. The fact that a deal is being agreed at eight million, that'll be used as evidence to say, well, what's he actually worth? The Harvey Elliott Tribunal that come out to eight point five million, so it's not like, well, now that it goes to tribunal, the price could go up. I, I think no. it'll be the same. Doesn't doesn't change a lot. The only thing it, it does change is that a foreign club could get him in between now and the end of the season for nothing with no tribunal. So you might get someone like a Real or a Milan or someone like that going, let's throw mega money at him because we're going to get him for absolutely nothing. So that's yeah. the only outside risk you've got. I can't see it happening personally, but it, that's the only outside yeah. risk, I think, versus getting him last night. That's what I don't understand how the pre-contract stuff works, whether like if we can get him to sign something like that, whether it means he can't. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Not, not when someone... Yeah, it's 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 a pre it's a pre contract agreement, but it's not valid when there's a tribunal involved because they've got to ultimately decide what the fee is, and therefore that contract is is yeah. kind of null and void. Yeah, um, cool. bit embarrassing for Rick Parry that, by the way, chairman of the FL, who hasn't even got a form for people to authorise <laughs> signings. So I don't know. <laughs> for the FL, hilarious. Uh, Reds, before, before we do move on, one of the questions that you've probably got asked most last season. Was does Nat Phillips has a future? Should he stay as fourth choice, fifth choice? I think he's were. I'm not going to come out and say he's were massive, massive fans of him, but I think you, you took a shine to him and said that hopefully that there'll be some sort of future for him. It looks now that he's probably played his last game. Does he come back from Bournemouth? I don't think so. What do you think? Are you, are you happy for him? Are you sad to see him go? What's your thoughts on that one? I I was surprised to see it was the Championship, to be honest, but I think it just means that no one in the Premier League came in for him. I think it devalues him a bit, Gary, to be honest. Like, even if he does great for them and they come up and they want to keep him, the only evidence you've got to go off, really, or the most common you know, recency bias will be that, yeah, he did go, but it was the championship. So I feel like it might devalue what we might end up getting for him. Possibly, yeah, but you've still got the, the spell that he had in our first team and, and a long spell at that because of the, the injuries we had. And, you know, he'd done really well, which is why we were so, you know, Probably over-egged about him when, when when we were talking about him in the past. He's, he's done such a good job, which is why you're saying there you're surprised it's not a Premier League move. I don't think it, if, if he does brilliant for Bournemouth and, and they they end up coming up, I think that that just increases his value because he, he's helped them to to a promotion. Um, I was half hoping that we'd give him to like Burnley or Newcastle or something just to to try and do damage towards Everton <laughs> to stay in the league. I was going to say the the only thing I'd say um, against Nat Phillips is that obviously he's shown himself to be like outstanding in the air, didn't he? Like a proper aerial competitor. Every every baller went near him in the air, he won. Um, and obviously I haven't done intense analysis of him, but I'm pretty sure that the stats will tell you that 
that's where his strengths are. And the other areas are a little bit sketchy in terms of like, okay, yeah, he's plays in a plays in a good Liverpool team. I know it was a little bit disjointed, but still plays in a team that's predominantly on the front foot and isn't necessarily having to do too much defending. I think if you're a Premier League team that's down there, that's a big gamble. Going think- for someone who's played for the top size, who invariably got the ball and not always under pressure. And the only real, you know, thing you can hang your hat on is that he's bossing the air. He's bossing the air. His distribution is very, very good. He's yeah, really no, good. Phil, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, no. What, there, I was gonna say, no what I was going to say, what, Judgy, the, 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 they're the positives. The negatives, he's not all over the place defensively, but he's slow. He is definitely, yeah. definitely slow. Yeah. That's Otherwise, he'd be a top, top, top world-class defender, I think. But his pace, where if he gets exposed, he's getting rinsed, really. Hmm. I think Absolutely. that's the thing with... with Sprint away from being a world class. Oh, yeah, that's all I heard. What Phil said then, that's bonkers. That why is it? I'm only a, I'm only a 10, 10, uh, 10 second hundred meter record from being <laughs> being what being being something being a, a hundred meter runner. <laughs> um, no, but really, don't you think so, Gary? I'm not having that. He's like one of the top top defenders in world football. Phil, I'm not backing you on that one. If I'm backing on most things to do with Liverpool. I'm not backing you on that. I think you, I would. If Michael Keane was fast, no, was <laughs> in the air. He has a brain. Yeah. <laughs> every time he's under the play. Well, the, point too. Is, the point is, the only thing he's lacking is pace because he can read the game very well because he hasn't got. The only pace. thing he's lacking is like yeah. so if you you had him in them FIFA, you know, like one of them FIFA cards. He'd be like pretty much nineties and everything apart from pace. We've got to be—you've got to be good at reading the game when you're slow. So reading the game, winning the—what else is there? You've got tackling. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil, if he's if he's a Michael Owen style pace, you're having him as good as Van Dijk. Getting getting there. <laughs> getting there. Oh wow! There. We, have, we need to exercise our, our right skills. Come on from this, otherwise there'll be comments. Um, boys were up for the cup, FA Cup this weekend. Um, guys will lose to their big Premiership games next week. We're going to cover those on on Monday night. But we have got the FA Cup. Everton are first, Judgy. Um, I was listening to Simon Jordan on Talk Sports earlier on, and he was saying that if he was Frank Lampard, he would just forgo this game. He, he would put everything into, into Newcastle. For me, I'm the opposite. I think this is a really good chance for Frank Lampard to get the ground on his side with some good football and get us into the fifth round of the FA Cup. Where, where do you stand on it? Frank, there's no way Frank Lampard is foregoing the FA Cup in any way, shape or form. I, I think there won't be many players in the Premier League era that have won the FA Cup more times than Frank Lampard. Um, and, and you know, he'll know how much the FA Cup means in this country. He'll know how much the FA Cup meant to him as a player. He'll certainly know the impact that a good cup run has, whether, you, whether you're flying in the league or not flying in the league. I think it's a ludicrous statement made by Simon Jordan just to get some bites. Um yeah, it's just that's a mad one now. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's yeah, I mean it's been a sellout for a few weeks. It was a sellout before he even got the job. So it is going to be bouncing. Um and it, it was, you know, before he came in, it was the very small thread of hope that anyone has of, of having a degree of or getting a degree of success out of the season, and when I say a degree of success, I mean getting to a semi final, yeah, semi final, or you know, maybe a final. If you get to the final, anything can happen, as, as we well know. Um, so no, there's not a chance that's going to happen, it won't be in anyone's mind whatsoever. 
like you said, I think it's a great chance to get the fans on side. It's a great chance to gain some momentum for the players. I think for the players who are playing this weekend as well, it's a chance for them to stake the claim because Van der Beek isn't available. Deli Ali isn't available. There's at least two players potentially that are coming out of that, those forward positions. So they want to show that, look, they need to stay on the bench until at least the week after. And don't forget that we haven't got Tukore. He's out for a month, isn't he? So, so the midfield is, is sort of, it's going to be Gomez what? and Allen. Yeah, it's going to be Gomez and Allen. Unless he, unless he is a big, big advocate of 4 3 3 and he does stick a, a Gabamon or he sticks a Mason Holgate in there and he does play 4 Or he's straight away going to go with his, his approach that he has at his previous two clubs and throw in Yango in there. Possibly, yeah. Good shout, yeah. Look towards um, the youth. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting lineup, that's for sure, because you know he's going to get the best part of three or four days, three three days maybe to see the players. I think it's his first first train, proper training session where he's going to have everyone back today. Um, it'll be interesting to see to see what he what he goes with. Are you hoping that we play? Uh, it's very easy to just say win, but are you hoping that for the first time this season we're on the front foot and we're taking the game? Because he, he's mentioned this week at his press conference that. He wants his team to cross us into the box. He wants to be pressing in their half. Are you expecting that almost straight away? First 10 minutes straight into them? Yeah. For, again, for the just just from, on the basis of what he said so far, it's been always intensity, work rate, like you say, playing on the front foot. You're at home against any team in the FA Cup. That's what it's about, isn't it? Um, particularly a team from the same league where, you know, Brentford's event and have probably got a little bit of a half an eye on thinking, hmm. Do we really need this? You know what I mean? They're at that stage of the season where a few defeats for them and they're getting sucked into it. And they can't, as a, as a newly promoted team, think about going down. So I, th- I think absolutely we'll, I, I'll expect us to be on the front foot and and, and trying to, to get a few goals against Brentford and, and to try and up, you know improve the mood. Is there a fear for you? And this probably goes back, I should, I should have asked this at the very start. Is there a fear for you that there's a number of players who do get the reset button pressed, do we see Michael Keane again because he's going to get a fresh chance? Or is, is there a chance now that the new backroom staff, which are 90% external apart from Duncan Ferguson, are going to know about this and going to be, be saying, look, we need to move some of these on now? Is this finally the chance to remove some of the dead wood? Or is it reset for them again? I'm not really bothered about it, to be honest, because I think Frank Lampard, I'm certain, has, has got two things in his mind. One is to get us safe, and I don't think he'll want any of the players in the squad to think that they're being cast out, because he might need them. So I, I think it is, to a degree, is going to be a reset, but I, I've got no illusions that of <coughs> Excuse me. That he'll have an idea of what type of player he wants to play in, in, in what particular position. So they're gonna, there's going to be some players who are going to get a, who are going to get a pass because they might be his type of player. But some players, I think he'll know from day one. He's not me. He's not for me. Him, but I'm probably gonna have to use him between now and the end of the season. So I don't really care for now. It's just, and I don't think he'll care. He'll, he'll want all the players to feel like it's a clean slate, like any manager does. Klopp's done the same, where certain players got games under him, and then by the summer or you know very quickly they were out. Yeah, well, that's fair. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm taking Noah, taking a little boy on Saturday. It's a, it's a oh, second yeah. game. I could. I've been taking to Tramia. Anything to show him a win, as you know. So I'm thinking. Mills's case struck Tramia on Saturday as well. Biggest game yeah. the club have had in like two years and got thumped 4 0 or something, was it? Absolutely bad. It was a full house as well. He's, you know, he's banging into us 40 now. He's four next month, isn't he? So he's getting more into it. So he What's went to Norwich. His first game. 1 2 0. He played Norwich, but he got off at half time. He just didn't want to. He was done. <laughs> so he's been staying a bit longer at the women's games and, and the Tramia games. So I'm hoping that we get the full. 
for Goodison Park experience on Saturday. Nothing but a win for me, Judgey. I'm going to go 2 and 11. What about you? I'm going to go 3 1. I think Brentford will get in the score sheet. Um, I think we'll go a couple of get goals up in the first half. They'll get one back. And then I think I think, I think Dobbin will come off the bench and get the get the third. Your boss. Oh, I hope, hope you're right, my friends. I hope you're right. Red to use it. User up for the cup again. Um, so you got is a Cardiff on Sunday, twelve o'clock at Anfield. A big question as always with with Jurgen Klopp approaching, especially the early rounds of the of the, the cup games. Is it going to be a week inside, or do you expect Jurgen Klopp to now be looking at where you are in the Carabao Cup and go and let's emulate this, let's get to an, a second final, which your first team are more than good enough to do, obviously. Yeah, I think you'll probably find that it'll be a mixture. Um... I think you'll you'll see a couple of first team players in it, but you'll you'll certainly see some of the players that have been playing recently, uh, in Cade Gordon and Tyler Moore, and I think you'll see you, you might see them come into this game, um, and I don't I don't begrudge that either. You know I, I do want to see it progress, but at the same time, you know you you, you can still play them 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 players and get through as we've seen in the Carabao Cup before we got to the later stages. Um, I think with the fact that we don't play until Thursday after this it might be a big point. He, he might play maybe a couple more first-team players than, than he maybe would have if we, if we were playing, say, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I, I do like the FA Cup. I like the Cup games. And hopefully we can we can keep the Cup run going as, as we did in the Carabao. Phil, you're on mute. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> the best then, Phil, to be honest. <laughs> Was that because what I said about Phillips, who did that? <laughs> I was going to say, Cardiff are 20th in the Championship, so they're not, they don't look any great shakes, do they? Um, Liverpool have had a week off, basically, and again, they've got some time after the game as well, before we play again, so for that reason, you want to get some of your first-team players back up to speed, don't you? So I agree with you, Gary, I think it'll be a bit of a mixture. Is Diaz, will he be able, ready to play? Do we know? I have no idea, to be honest. I don't know how, how long it had to be before he can play in the in the cup and things, so I don't know. Would, yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing him make, make an appearance if he can. Like, Yeah, I've got a feeling he will. I don't see why it would take longer than that. Um, and so if he's fit, definitely he'll be playing. Obviously, Salah and Mane will be nowhere near. I don't even know if they'll be back. No, they're not back. Unless they get beat in the semi-final. Okay. If they do get to the final, I think they need a week on the beach. So I don't think we're going to see them for a little while, to be honest. Um, but no, yeah, I'd like to see Diaz make his debut. Um, and I think there'll be a blend a blend of uh, first, first team players and youth. And yeah, what, what can you say, Gary, other than you expect a comfortable win? Yeah, pretty much. Um, say that most weeks, though, to be fair. <laughs> Regardless of the opposition. But um, yeah, I think... I think you know, I, I'm I'm hoping with with well, like Millsy said, with us seeing us get to the final of the Carabao Cup, I'm hoping Klopp's going to take it a bit more seriously this year and you know put put a put a decent performance and get us through and hopefully a a decent draw after it. Yeah, prediction then. I go four 0 Liverpool. <laughs> Sounds. I'll go three 0 Probably will be as well. No one used it. Uh, Judy to bring you back in with, with Betmate. How, how, how did you get on last last um, last week? I won, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win it. I come second. Um, I think I was third, and then they like they recalculate the points, and there must have been a bit of 
some late a late tackle got thrown in and in stoppage time or something got me in and you finished just outside the points, didn't you, Gary? Yeah, and I got sixth. Captain the wrong person and played the wrong fullback for Liverpool. <laughs> well, I think I I was a a fullback away. If it was a, I think if I would have had uh, Robertson instead of Trent, I, I would have I would have actually won it. But I'm not complaining. Like money to that cat zone by yours or what's that? The money to that cat zone by yours, the cat charity. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> the past the moment. I haven't withdrew it. Um, so I'll have to, again, for comments in here. I said, I said if I win any any money on BetMate, then I'll then I'll donate to a charity. So if anyone wants to put it in the comments for the YouTube video, recommends any good charities, then let me know. I'll, I'll do that. Um, just just one on that note. BetMate are covering the um, the old firm tonight. Should be a cracking game. Uh, is it tonight or tomorrow? Tonight, actually, but Adam Ramsey will probably be making his debut for the Rangers, so I'll probably keep an eye on that. I'll make, before I withdraw, I'll have one little go with that. And then I'll <laughs> now, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about the uh, the game on when when there's more games. When our games are back on next week on on Monday, we'll talk more. Yeah, about sorry, I should, should have made the note. They're not covering at the moment the FA Cup uh, game, so there's no there's no get none of our games to play. But our gate our fixtures for the next. For Newcastle and Leicester, which are our next Premier League fixtures, our game's already on there. So if you want to get ahead and get your team in, you can change it at any time up until five minutes before the kickoff of, of the Everton game. I think we've already put our teams in anyway. Well, I have anyway. Yeah, I think we'll probably change it based on if something happens in the FA Cup game. So we, we will talk more about it on, on Monday and, and give you the we think you're going to be the point scorers and, and get you that money for either the game based on whatever Newcastle's lineup is. Oh. Don't, mate. Don't, don't want to talk. We're talking FA Cup. You can have me on Monday. Just leave me for now. Leave me for now. Um, we're back on Thursday for game on. I'm not too sure which ones of us are on. I think I'm on. Gary, are you back on? Terry and Pite, you tag in. Yeah. On Thursday. So we're going to have a couple of games and we're going to have a little look back at this week in history. Um, I think, Judgey, this, this week in history, the Everton one will be about a Senegalese prince who scored a cracker. Whilst playing for a different team past Liverpool and made the park ends a rock. Anything, anything to put a smile on your face, eh? Need it. Absolutely need it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. From myself, Ian Mills, Gary Judge, Gary Murray, and Phil Roberts. We are all up for the FA Cup. We will see you on Thursday and again next Monday. This is just not ending.